listening to Caffeinated Discourse, a little podcast about everything and nothing. Your hosts for this discussion are Clinton Russ. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Caffeinated Discourse. This is a little podcast for, of a couple of friends from across the way. Uh, talking about everything and nothing, kind of uh, like we used to do in person over a cup of coffee, but this time we're doing it through the wonders of technology, or Skype for that matter. Uh, I'm your host, Clint, and I have my good buddy and partner in crime, Russ. How are you, mate? Very, very well, mate. Very well. Hello. So uh, this is our first official podcast uh, for those of you who have been playing along at home and thank you very much if you have been uh, keeping an eye on things. We did launch a pilot episode just to test things and get the feeds going and or, you know, basically get the rat on the spinning wheel, so to speak. Um, that came out, oh, geez, it must have been uh, a good month or so ago now. And uh, due to Russ being the happy wanderer that he is and getting out on the road and you'll hear all about his adventures, it's been kind of hard to tee up to get the official launch going. But we're here now, so uh, thank you for your patience. If you have been patient, if not, well, too bad. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, so tonight's show is going to be, uh, and I say tonight because we're recording uh, nighttime in Australia and morning in the UK. Technology, it Amos. It's currently 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So, I mean, like, you, you should feel really, really flattered because there are very few people that I will actually set an alarm for on a Sunday morning. So, take that as a compliment, mate. Well, I suppose the same could be said about staying up this late on a Sunday night when I got work the next day. So. <laughs> Touche. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, guys, there's half the reason why we're calling this caffeinated de- discourse because, I mean, let's uh, let's face it, we're going to need to be highly caffeinated just to make this thing happen. So we've both got our coffees. Uh, I'm a little bit pepped up on a few coffees throughout the day and also a massive Steiner beer from the uh, good folks at the Bavarian Beer Cafe. <laughs> Nice, very nice. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's get this show on the road. So um, let's start with a little bit of uh, talking about ourselves because it's what we like to do. Both Russ and I do come from uh, training backgrounds, so we're used to being the centre of attention and uh, having all eyes on us. Uh, for myself, what can I say? Podcaster, tech nerd, uh, family man with two kids, and uh, headbanger. Oh, and a uni student to boot. So, uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Russ, what about yourself, mate? Mate, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to sound really boring by comparison, man. Seriously. <laughs> um, I guess like uh, five, five words to kind of describe me, I guess, would be uh, traveller, uh, blogger, uh, uh, tech geek, um, and uh, sarcastic to the core. So that's probably more than five Probably more than five words, but I, th- I kind of feel like, like that's apt. Mate, I think that is absolutely apt. And to be honest with you, Russ is also my super is Superman to my Batman. Now, we all know how that's <laughs> going to end. I, I come out on top for those of you who read the comics, but anyway. You know what? Like we could go round, round and round, mate. Round and round, right? <laughs> and I tell you what, in about a week or so's time when the movie does come out, I think we will be going back and forwards a few times. That's true. Through, through that, man. I'm looking forward to it. 
So uh, one of the biggest things that Russ and I do share in common is an absolute love for movies. Now, I do want to clear this up. This is not a movie podcast. This is not a music podcast. This is not a gaming podcast. This is a bit of everything podcast. Uh, story goes like this. You know, we, we might as well get the, you know, the uh, set the universe's law, if you will. Um, we... Uh, we we used to sit down over cups of coffee most mornings. We used to work together, um, and just shoot the breeze about everything and anything. And uh, sometimes we solved the world's problems, and sometimes it would uh, open up heated debates over who would win in such a battle. Um, love our movies, love our games, love our music. Um, very uh, sometimes differing opinions, sometimes we've got uh, the same opinion, but overall it's always entertaining. So when we were deciding to do this podcast, it was kind of like, well, hey, people will tune into things like here in Australia, the Sunrise Show, and listen to a bunch of clowns talk absolute shit for several hours and throw in a few infomercials. Well, we figured, well, we might as well be a bunch of clowns with mics in front of our faces and talk a bit of shit without the infomercials. So some shows you might be highly into what we're talking about. Other shows you might be like, eh, whatever. But uh, nonetheless, it should always be quite entertaining. So uh, should we kick off with talking about some movies, given the fact that I've now uh, <laughs> sized that one up? Absolutely. What have you seen lately? All right. Well, uh, probably the most recent one has been Deadpool. And I've got to say, the hype, the the expectation set, it well and truly exceeded expectation. Uh, the hype is massive for Deadpool, whether it be the fact that it is one of Marvel's first movies to come out with the hard R rating, um, I mean, from Marvel Studios, that's uh, potentially true as far as uh, comic book movies, not necessarily. I mean, uh, for those of you who have been around for a spell, you may recall the Dolph Lundgren version of Punisher. I think that actually held a R18 plus all around the world. Um, it, 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 it did, but, but I was going to say, let's, let's not be too hard on Dolph, man. Come on. Like, 19, what, what was it, 1988? 1988 Punisher, right before be, before everyone started taking superheroes seriously? Come on. Hey, a little man, bit of respect. I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. I love that movie. <laughs> I mean, if I saw Punisher before I actually knew Punisher was a comic book movie, and to be honest with you, it was just Dolph Lundgren doing Dolph Lundgren, which at the end of the day, that's cool. You know, the, what I call it, a typical beer and pizza kind of movie. So, you know, it's uh, it was great. Um, I suppose the difference here with Deadpool is you're taking a character who is quite well known for not only the violence, but also the crude humor, and you're actually letting him be him. So... Um, I found that really enjoyable. I mean, I haven't read a lot of Deadpool comics. I've certainly seen him into a lot of the comics that I do read. And he is. He's a wise-cracking, smart-ass, violent anti-hero, if you will. I mean, he's a hero, but he doesn't want to be classed as a hero. And uh, this movie really lived up to that. It kind of kept the personality there. I like, um, unlike a lot of comic book movies where they're... Maybe, I won't say they're taking themselves too serious, but they are being as serious as a comic movie can be. Um, 
this one you could almost tell that they were going to go out of their way to take the piss. Like some of the in-jokes for, for Ryan Reynolds to deliver having an absolute shot at the Green Lantern. Um, oh, God damn it. I saw that in the trailer, right? So uh, something about a CG... Because I haven't, I haven't seen Deadpool yet. So something about a CG costume... Yeah, yeah. So he he, he certainly uh, takes the piss out of the CG costume for uh, for Green Lantern. Also has quite a, a few, actually numerous digs at um, Wolverine <laughs> and Wolverine Origins and Hugh Jackman for that matter. So yeah. well worth it. Well worth it uh, for that. And just generally, it sets itself up to be almost like the comic book movie that adults are looking for. You know, it's nice to go and see your Captain Americas and Iron Man and all that, and it's great to see the heroes come alive on the big screen, but we've read the comics from, you know, however far back. We know that they've got some issues out there that are quite dark. You know, there's some violent ones. Heck, you know, even in the Marvel Universe, we like Marvel Max. You know, there's actually whole streams dedicated to the the hardcore side. To see a movie of that caliber of comic come to life makes you feel good. Do you think that this is going to start start influencing future future movies, maybe going with, with, a, um, with a harder rating? For, for upcoming upcoming films? I'd like to hope so. I'd like to hope that this is an opportunity for him to finally do Punisher right and really maybe even pull from Punisher Max. I had... Did you actually... I'm sorry. This is, speaking of which, did you did you see that they're doing... Um, that uh, Punisher's going to be on uh, Daredevil? Cannot wait. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. They've got the guy from um, A Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? John John something. Oh, the the name sleeps me, but he suits the yeah. character. He's playing it quite well, just in what I've seen of the shorts. Um, and look, I really dug Daredevil. I thought they uh, they did that really well. Um, so I'm keen to see, you know, what they do with Punisher. How violent they take him. Is it no holds barred? You know, it'll be really cool to see. Now, I'm even happy if Marvel want to go down that path of, you know, you've got your cinematic universe and then you've got your your TV universe where they really go dark and gritty and the likes. I can live with that. I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure about whether or not they should have it that it's all in the same universe or not or whether they go down the DC path where what's on the, the the cinematic universe to come, I suppose, versus what's on the TV universe with, your, you know, like Arrow and Flash on CW and the likes. It's been pretty clear that they are looking at more of a multiverse and they're sitting within the multiverse and that's how they can sort of have uh, potentially Flash and um, others in Dawn of Justice and then, of course, Justice League. It's going to be interesting to see how they pull that off, but then in the same breath, it's nice that they've actually got that plan. Marvel, it's going to be interesting to see because it seems like they're sticking to this whole everyone's in the same universe. I mean, even watching Jessica Jones, she makes reference to um, not only the events, but the characters within the Avengers and the like. So it's, it's interesting times. Will there be massive crossovers? That's always cool. Um... I suppose thinking of crossovers, and I'm taking a mad tangent here, but 
Um, you know, the fact that with Civil War coming, you've got Spider-Man. And that's something they haven't been able yeah. to do. Yeah, I, I, I know, man. Like, I, I want to be excited. I want to be excited for Spider-Man. I really, really do. Um, but I just, like, after watching the, the one with um, Andrew Garfield and, and Emma Stone, and, and it, it was it, the amazing Spider-Man, I have never felt so old in my life, man. I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, and I'm just thinking... You know, you know it, it, it's one of those situations where the moment you start checking your watch, right, to figure out what time it is, you're out of the movie, man. And, and seriously, I check my, I must have checked my watch about a hundred times during during that. And I'm just thinking, it's not for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 like the, I, I, I'm frustrated, man. Seriously, I just I I wanted to like it so much, mm-hmm. um, but they, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it hard to connect with. And I'm just thinking, you know what? That's okay, man. I can embrace. I can embrace being old. That's fine, right? But this is just—it's so not for me. I so th- if they make it, if they make it, if they make it like like the Amazing Spider-Man, I'm out. I'm out. And you know what? I don't think they will. I think what you'll find is that they're going to develop the character ever so slightly in um, Civil War. And one of the things I think is really cool is that apparently in Civil War they're looking at a 15-year-old Peter Parker which is kind of well, cool. So when he does come off like uh, a teenager and when he does come off like a snot-nosed teenager, it's going to make sense as opposed to these almost post-graduate Peter Parkers that you're like, really, why are you going off like an emo? I mean, seriously, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Like well, Toby Maguire, that, that that's got to be the crowning crowning performance, right? Oh. No matter what he does moving forward, no matter what he does, he's always going to have that. And which, by the way, makes the perfect meme of all time, right? That is that that is a meme that that's perfect for everything. Oh, mate, I tell you though, that movie has to go down as one of the worst movies of all times. I mean, how the fuck did they miss that? You had Venom for Christ's sake. And you still uh, stuff. Well, yeah. yeah, but but we're, we're talking Topher Grace as 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 Venom. Come on, man. I mean, like you couldn't. Maybe the only way I can think of of casting right is that somebody somebody said, "Oh, this is a joke, right? Let, let's who, who could we who could we who could we cast as the as the as the six six foot massive unit that is that is Venom? Oh, hang on, we'll get the guy from that '70s show." <laughs> like, the, 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 I, that's got to be that's got to be someone who came up with that idea. It's like, oh, you, you know what? I'm going to get fired today. So what can I go out with? Let me come up with the stupidest idea I can think of, right? And then it's like, let me go cast Topher Grace as 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 Venom, right? I just I I so disappointed because I was so excited about seeing Venom. Maybe um, you hit it on the head there. <laughs> Ah, oh, man. So, you know, I keep, I see that, um, I saw online that they were talking about um, that the Venom movie is still alive and it's still sitting with um, with Sony. Mm. So I don't know if they're, if they're planning to do something with it, but it's just like, you know what, if you want to be, if you want, if you want Venom to be taken seriously uh, again, uh, you got to do it right, right? And then, and then think about the, the um, you could get um, uh, Carnage. Right, so Venom and Carnage in, in one movie, man. Come on, right? Then make that hard R. Now you're talking. Ooh, ooh, yeah. That that right, would get, that would get bums in seats. <laughs> so, 
So ho- hopefully, right? If if um, if you know, Deadpool's making money hand over fist, right? So let's mm. let's see how um, let's see what sort of impact this this actually has because the potential for it is is really cool. Yeah. Um, now this is obviously coming from somebody who hasn't seen Deadpool yet. Um, I'm just I'm just um, finding myself going back to the cinema. Like, would you believe, right? The last movie I saw mm. was. Uh, last movie I saw was a couple of weeks ago, and that was Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then before that, last movie I saw was um, Man of Steel. Damn. <laughs> That's a long time. It was about two years, right? And I spent the last two years just – I couldn't bring myself to go back. couldn't go back to the cinema. I found myself just waiting for everything to come out on DVD or Blu-ray. or I just I, – I couldn't um, bring myself to go back. Go back to the cinema, right? And you know why? Right? I love, I love the cinema, right? The idea of sitting there in the middle, uh, in your middle row, middle of the middle, so you have your sound all around you, yep. right? You sit there and you actually get to go into another world. Why that's all well you do in a Sheldon? Oh, mate, I t- tell you, right? I just sit there and I would test out the acoustic value, right? I'll ke- test out the acoustics in the area and I would seat hop. Right, <laughs> this is back back before back before you had reserved seating. Right, oh, I would God, be I the guy waiting seating. outside the cinema. Yeah, I'd be the guy waiting outside the cinema for thirty minutes before the doors would open, so I could go in and get my get my middle of the middle seat. Right, you've earned the right to have that seat. <laughs> right, I, look, I'm telling you, right, and then right because you spend all this time trying to get all. Or uh, I'm, I'm in my own own world, right? I've got my popcorn. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for the can't wait for this. And then the movie starts, and I've got Talking McTalk sitting behind me, right? I've got Chip Eater over over here to the to the right. I had one woman who was eating one bag of chips, right, to the to, to the right. Took her about forty five minutes of dealing with it, and finally it goes silent. I'm thinking, oh, this is great, this is great, right? She's finally finished, and then she pulls out another fucking packet. <laughs> I know right? what you it was mean, just man. Like, you don't. Like, I've never wanted to get up and actually take someone's food, right? And just, and just, it would have been worth kicking, being kicked out out of the cinema just, just to actually take take her food from her. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you mean, and like I must admit, ever since reserve seatings come in, they seem to pack them all in, all up with you. You get the best seat, and you're thinking, "There's no one near me." Then suddenly. Everyone's near you, and I don't like people next to me. Fuck off. Yeah. So it, it you know, one foot. So, so for two years, it was just like, you know what? I'm going to put everything on hold. I'm going to wait till it comes out. I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, uh, and then if there's one guy talking in the movie when I'm watching it at home, it's me, right? So I can tolerate me. I can't tolerate everybody else sitting around me and having a conversation around. So you know what? It was, it was, it was the thought of going to see Star Wars, right? That brought me back, back to the cinema. So you know what? That was. Uh, have you seen it? I have. So let, I was going to say, let's use that as a segue. Let's talk Star Wars. So over to you, Mr. Movies. What do you reckon? Mr. Movies. Oh, man. I tell you, <laughs> right? that, that, that's, that, that's like, you, they used to call Bill Collins Mr. Movies, right? Bill Collins was the hero, right? Hero of mine growing up. Um, so thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So what do you think? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know what... Um, I heard a lot of mixed things, uh, so like I, I don't do spoilers uh, in case anyone hasn't hasn't seen it. But um, like I thought it was really good. I, I thought you could tell it was made by made by a man who who, who fully who, who grew up watching watching the movies. You could see it was made made by by a fan, and and some people complained that some of the beats 
in in the film were were, were kind of similar, uh, were kind of familiar, but I kind of felt that that that, that kind of just lent um, credence to, to the to, to 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 the fact that it was it was made it was made by a fan, and there's something familiar, uh, oddly familiar, and, and, and comforting when you're watching this, thinking I kind of know where this is going. I kind of can see the same bits. Or oh, hey man, that that guy looks just like this person over. <laughs> over um, over I mean, I, I kind of um, I really liked it, right? And um, maybe for about the first first half of the movie, I felt like it was really um, it was aimed at a younger at a younger audience. But then by the end of it, man, I didn't I didn't notice it, which you know kind of tells you I was I was pulled into the movie. I was I was watching it for for what it was. Um, really, really liked it. Um, and 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 it, I guess it's yeah like I don't I won't go I won't, won't go into it just just yeah. in case it counts as a spoiler but um I really um I really dug it I, I um I thought it was worth worth watching don't don't get me wrong I probably wouldn't go back to the cinema to go watch it again mm-hmm. I will quite happily watch it when it comes out uh, on Blu-ray DVD um but yeah I enjoyed it you yeah I'm I'm probably in the same boat I mean not being the huge Star Wars fan like some of my peers. I kind of just went into it like, okay, cool. I've seen every other Star Wars prequels and alike. Um, yeah. I might as well go and see this one. And uh, one of the boys turned around and said, do you want to go? Got, you know, tickets for what was it, an opening week or something? Like, yeah, yeah, let's go. I like the point you just made. I hadn't thought of it that way, but it actually hits a nail on the head. Yeah, the first sort of part of it does feel like it's directed at a younger audience and then you're kind of pulled into it. And that's actually a really good point because that's kind of the feeling that I kind of hadn't put my finger on yet. And I like that because when you think about it, they kind of need to pull the new audience in. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they made a lot of all audiences of all generations Runaway crying with the prequels, so this kind of is like, okay, this is your new generation Star Wars. But hey, for those of you who've been here from the beginning, don't feel alienated. And here we go. Um, fun movie, yes, I really did find, and I can say this being not a huge Star Wars fan who sits there and could tell you every little nook and cranny of what's going on in the background, and he's from this lore and that lore, and all this other shit. It, yeah, but you could do that with Batman. Like, oh, you know. more than likely, you know. I mean, if Batman had a bounced across the screen... Actually, that's another point. You've got to actually go and check out... Um, is it the... Is it Bat and the Sun Productions? They actually do a Batman oh, versus... Yeah, Batman versus Darth Vader. Oh, do they? Like, I was going to say, I follow them on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, all, all fan-made, all fan-made stuff. And high-quality fan-made, I mean... Yeah, really cool stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, I follow a lot of fan-made stuff on YouTube, particularly for, like, yeah. um, little Batman mini-movies and that, and some of them are almost like just watching a cosplay, you know what I mean? But the, this guy's stuff, honestly, if it just had a little just a little more polish on it, like almost like that last glitz and glamour that they can do in Hollywood, you'd swear you were just watching like pre-release sort of material. Um, But yeah, I digress. uh, One of the things I I will say is I did find it really familiar, like whole scenes were very much like that of the originals. But the more I think about it, that makes sense because you've kind of got to get the movie, the universe, 
and the fans almost back to ground zero again because a lot of people were alienated by not only what they did with the prequels, but then what they decided to do, or George Lucas decided to do with all the Blu-ray releases and dropping in all these extra things and whatnot. It was almost like they turned around and gave the big middle finger to all the diehard fans. And it's kind of like, well, how can you do it to something like this? As as someone who just likes them for what they are, an entertaining movie, I I, I feel offended for these uh, hardcore fans. So, yeah, I think it I think it turned out really well, and uh, JJ did a wonderful job. And yeah, I I got to admit, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, the next movie. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I th- I think it'll. Um... I think for the most part, um, I think it impressed a lot of people. I think everyone will be really happy, uh, happy to see the next one. And, you know, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would oh, see it that good. way. That's good. All right. Well, to sort of end up, end off our movie sort of chat, I wanted to uh, uh, put forward a top pick for when it comes to, you know, watching at home. It's obviously left cinemas in most locations now and also probably a bit of a, uh, a miss uh, for when it hits home. So the top pick is Creed. Um, absolutely cannot say enough how awesome that movie was. I wasn't even going to go to the cinema to see it, and I'm bloody glad I did. It was such a well-done movie. It doesn't feel like it's just... Well, like, I kind of think back and think, okay, well, Rocky Balboa almost felt like it was a bit of a cash-in. It was a good movie, had a good story, but it just didn't... It it just kind of felt like a cash-in, whereas this almost feels like, hey, there really is an opportunity to take this to the next level and bring in a new story that has some lineage back to, a, you know, somewhat of a hero's story that was Rocky, and it doesn't sort of just rely on the name. Funnily enough, neither does the actual uh, character of Creed in the movie want to rely on the name, but uh, I won't give too many spoilers away. What I can say is that you actually build an emotional attachment to the character. Um, you build emotional attachments to the sub-characters as well. And you actually want to see where this movie is going to go. You actually find yourself really invested in, okay, is he going to go fight the big fight now? Is he going to have to go and do a couple of little fights? What's his training going to be like? How's he going to take all this on? There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of um, a, a really cool side story going on there that I won't go into, but it really holds you at the heartstrings. Really well done movie. So uh, for most of you, you probably would have missed it at the cinemas. I highly recommend if it hits, uh, you know, DVD or better yet, you know, your Netflix and the like, get onto that one straight away. And uh, my big miss is kind of hard for me to swallow this one, and that's uh, Steve Jobs. Um, It is no secret that I'm a huge Apple fan. Um... Uh, yeah, Mr. Samsung. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. Um, look, I'll admit of late, though, even my uh, fandom is being tested. But um, anyway, um, I was looking forward to this movie purely on the back of having read 
And, well, I, I should be uh, very careful how I say read because I read about the first couple of chapters and then I cheated and got the audio book because that's how good <laughs> I am <laughs> of uh, the Walter Isaacson um, biography of Steve Jobs. And it was generally a well-put-together piece of work. Um, I can't say the same for this movie, nor can I say the same for the uh, Jobs movie that Ashton Kutcher was in. Both of them, it was almost like they skim-read the book and took the parts that would make cinema. Now... Yeah, that's... That, that's but, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I mean, like, no one... when. When you look at someone's life, right? So, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen the movie, so mm. I don't, uh, I, I don't know, and I, I haven't read the book either, right? But I mean, um, no matter how you see Steve Jobs being being portrayed, they're going to go for for the bits that, that make the most interesting part of cinema, right? I mean, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be, a, it's not going to be a real fleshed out. It's, it's only going to show one side of thing because it's easier to get a reaction from people, right? That's true. I suppose where I'm going with it not it being a real cinema thing is it's like they've almost um, chopped and chopped and changed all over the point to the point that it almost becomes confusing. So, like the whole, we've say the Ashton Kutcher one. It almost felt like you were on the same LSD drugs that he was on, and it sort of popped in here, popped in there, whatever. And okay, great, yeah, they're going to obviously keep it interesting. I mean, th this new one, I know for a fact that they've taken perspectives that aren't even true. Mm. Um, okay. What I did like about it, so I suppose I should set this up, is the way it's done from an artistic perspective is really cool. So it's done in three almost like uh, three stages. And in the first stage, it's set... Um, and, uh, sorry, all three stages play out before big announcements. So a lot of what's going on is either shown behind the stage or it's a flashback sequence. Now, one of the cool from an artistic perspective is the three stages also show three different technologies in filming. So you've got almost like when you've got... Um, old film reel to almost like, uh, you know, basic, basic CD quality, I don't know what you would call it, right up to now high def. And you can distinctly see the way the footage changes over those stages. Um, it's really cool that it's all backstage, but then obviously being all backstage is you have to change the perspectives of the players. So in a lot of cases, a lot of the dialogue happens between Steve and his, oh, I can't even remember her name, but she would not have been, they almost treat her like a personal assistant than actually the role she was. And uh, that's played um, by Kate Winslet, and she does a fantastic job of it. But then the other thing they do is they're really hitting home the whole story of Lisa, now, that's not quite as pivotal of, like, it's a massive thing in his life and his biography, but it's almost like this thing was impacting on him every day and that there was always some kind of thing going on there where that's not necessarily true. In fact, there was whole 
periods of his life where she was out of the picture because of his denial of having a child. So I found that quite interesting, her perspective. Look, from... As far as watching it, if you you know, it's not a terrible movie, but if you are going into it looking to learn a little more about Steve Jobs and a little more about Apple, I'd say stay clear. If you're a fan of Apple and you just want to see how they've put this together and you can pick up on some of the bits and bobs that you can tell have come from the biography or from people who don't, yeah, it's quite interesting. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't be lining up waiting for it to come out or sitting there, you know, doing a pre-order or something. Um, but yeah, yes. Yeah. I was gonna say, let me ask you a question. What if you were if if you could have your 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 say? What would you what would you want to see? Like how how could they have made that better? Yeah, um, that's a that's a really good question. To me, I almost would have liked for them to have. Given the fact that two movies have been made and they're almost set at two different stages in his life, which was kind of cool in itself, where one almost finishes, the other one could almost kick off. I'd almost would have liked him to have almost tried to work together, taken the best of those movies, cut out some of the rubbish, and taken the interesting part out of the book. So... You know, it, so that it's a little bit closer to a biography. I mean, at this present point in time, I think it's been long enough that a good biography is worthwhile. You can um, exacerbate some things so that it's a little bit more exciting for um, film goers, but there's no real need to sit there and um, overdo it with Hollywood. Those who are going would be going for a reason. Maybe not even aim for a cinema release. Aim for, you know, I could almost imagine like a Netflix exclusive or something like that where, you know, they could do it and do it well, uh, do it as a miniseries if need be. Um, Actor-wise, you know, I think um, Michael Fassberg did a great job. Um, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say he'll... He's a spitting image of Steve Jobs at all. He's furthesting from it. Ashton Kutcher pulls that off quite well. But then again, Ashton had some of the mannerisms and that, but I just wasn't 100% convinced. So I think, you know, find an actor who could actually pull off his personality more than worrying about looks. And, uh, yeah, try and find other actors who pull off the personalities. Like, I just feel... Like even um, Seth Rogen, I don't quite know if he was suited for Wozniak. I just, yeah, I, I was, I kept waiting for uh, in the movie for every time Seth Rogen came out, just for him to pull out a big bag of weed and just be like, "Steve, man, let's just light up." And <laughs> and yeah, I know it sucks because the poor bloke's now almost um, typecast, but. <laughs> That may have taken the movie into another direction. <laughs> Steve and the magic bag of weed. <laughs> oh. I heard, I heard that Steve um, Steve Wozniak was was a consultant on the movie. I heard that he he was actually on set. Apparently so. Now, I do believe in some instances, yes, they've pulled from him. In others, they almost made him out to be a whiny bitch about the Apple One team. Right. Okay. And it wasn't quite like that. Yes, it'd be a bit of betrayal there and all that because of the fact that um, Steve really turned his, or Jobs turned his back on the Apple One team and Wozniak and the likes. 
but I can't see it being the way... Like, it seemed like every time Wozniak came on screen, it was only to whinge about Steve not acknowledging the Apple One team. And I was like, dude, you're a one-trick pony here, yet you know that this is the guy who, without Wozniak, it doesn't matter what Steve did from the glitz and glamour perspective, there would not have been Apple. There would not have been machines to bullshit about, you know? So, yeah, um, that's movies for you. Yeah, mate, I was going to say, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen the, haven't seen the movie. Um, I think it's, it's been something that I've, I've, I've wanted to see, but from, from what I hear is, is that it's not really a, um, a balanced, um, perspective, uh, of, of, of the situation and that some, some things were actually, actually made up and, and, and all the rest of it. I, I once heard somebody, um, somebody describe it saying, look, if they had called it, you know, Steve Hobbs or something, and it was based on uh, Steve Jobs that it might have been a better movie, but um, calling it Steve Jobs makes it really difficult because you have this larger-than-life uh, person. You have this person who, who's made this big, massive impact um, in, in technology and across the world, and it pretty much he's defined, like, the last, you know, 20 years, 30 years of, 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 um, of technology. So it, it's just uh, a mammoth task. To, to try to bring the screen. So I, I don't know. It kind of feels like it, they, they were uh, fighting an uphill uphill battle. Um, but, you know, it's, um, as, as somebody who, who isn't a huge uh, Apple fan, um, you know, you, it, it's still something that uh, I'm interested in, in seeing. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, catch it on Netflix if you, if you get a chance. All right. Well, I suppose uh, this is a good opportunity to... Uh, talk about your travels mate so uh let's throw over to you guys i'm going to put it out there and say i'm not very worldly travel at all unless of course work decides to send me somewhere i generally (laughs) don't leave these this house too often and when i do it's now with uh kids um parents out there will understand where i'm coming from (laughs) um so at this present point in time, I'm going to live vicariously through Russ and his adventures. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just going to sit back now and let him uh, take us on a little journey. All right. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk, let's talk travel. So, um, uh, for those of you who don't, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I, um, I run a website with uh, with my better half, Roma. Um, we have a website called roamingrequired.com. Um, and thank you, thank you. Um, so, roamingrequired.com is is basically our, our website where we'll uh, contain a lot of um, a lot of reviews. Uh, it's, it's based on our travels. Uh, it's it's also as well um, if you were planning a trip to London, uh, the sorts of stuff that you could actually do if you if you're in London. So, the best way to I guess kind of describe it would be. Uh, that it's it's about travel and it's about uh, it's about a London lifestyle. So the big, uh, in terms of um, recent travels, so the the big one has been uh, our travels with the uh, Liberation Route in in Europe. So this actually turned out to be a, a three part series uh, that I've got up on the uh, up on the site at the moment. And this is uh, this was really cool. So we travelled to. Um, we travelled to Belgium uh, with with a company or has, with an organisation called called Liberation Route Europe, uh, and what they do is they basically follow follow the footsteps of the Allied forces during World War Two during the liberation of uh, of, of countries uh, under 
under uh, Nazi Germany uh, occupation. So what we did is we, we traveled to Belgium, uh, we arrived in Brussels, and we spent a lot of time uh, over three days in two key areas. So this is the town of uh, Bastogne, uh, Bastogne, which is in, in, in Belgium, and time in the Hörgen Forest, uh, which is in, in Germany. So the three-part series which I have up on the site basically provides a little bit of World War II history. So if you're into that sort of thing, I think you'll really, really dig it because there's, there's a lot of information in there. Uh, parts two and three focus on Bastogne and uh, and the Hurricane Forest. So what we actually got to do is um, when we went to Bastogne, we went to the Bastogne War Museum. Uh, we uh, we basically went to went to the sites of of where uh, of of where the Allied forces battled with 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 Nazi Germany, and these were just extreme circumstances. So, um, Clint, have you have you ever seen Band of Brothers? No. It is on. Okay. It's on the very long growing list. I have to get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I, I haven't seen it either. But there is an episode, or so is, um, there, I think it's episode six, where they actually go into into Bastogne. Yeah. And what Bastogne was, it was a city that was a really important, really important town because it was basically a, a junction where you had all these roads converged. Um, and the German forces needed to pass through it in in order to uh, to, to basically control control the area, mm-hmm. but there were American and, and Allied forces that were severely outnumbered um, that that protected protected the town and the onslaught which happened for for about seven days, um, and the story of of these guys as they were protecting this 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 one town is is literally like something out of a movie. Uh, and it's unreal when you when you you're standing there. We we went to the battleground and you're you're standing there in a forest and you can actually see World War Two foxholes. Like I mean, they're, they're obviously not as deep as once once they were, but yeah. these are foxholes that were used by people like seventy years ago. Um, and you can see like a hundred meters away is where is where the German forces u- used to be, and you can stand there and and kind of just look around, and you're standing on the ground, you're following in the footsteps. Um, of these allied forces as wow. they were as they were defending this this town it was it was unreal mm. um, and then yeah so 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 we spent time in in, in Bastogne and our, our, we we worked with some other bloggers and and um, it was it was phenomenal it was uh, it was like walking through history and uh, I call um, I called the series um, the footsteps footsteps of liberation actually I think uh, I think Romo came up with that but it was uh, footsteps of liberation which is really important because you were literally following the footsteps of, of allied forces as they were, as they were protecting, uh, protecting these towns. And then you go into, so actually before we go into that in, in Bastogne is, uh, was really important during the battle of the bulge. So if you've, if you've heard of the, of the world war two, uh, battle, it was a really, really famous, famous one as, um, uh, as the German forces were 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 um, uh, occupying cer- uh, certain areas, and then the Allied for- forces were, were were defending it, but um, and then we moved into Germany and we went to Hörgen Forest, and and Hörgen Forest uh, today can can be described as, as as one of the worst decisions that the that the American uh, military has has ever been uh, been a part of, and this this town, or oh, sorry, this uh, this this forest um, had some of the most uh, horrendous and, and, and horrific fighting uh, out of all of out of uh, all of World War Two. Uh, it remains the longest battle on on German soil out of all of World War Two. Um, but it also still remains today uh, the single longest battle that the American military has ever been been involved in. 
uh, and there were scores of of, uh, of of young men who were just um, uh, killed in, in in action, and you're and you're walking in this forest, and it's it's incredible because you you're seeing bunkers, you're seeing World War Two bunkers, and you can see where where they were, where they fought. You can see that these trees, which are so close together, that these guys were fighting in in like minus eighteen, minus twenty degree uh, Celsius uh, uh, temperature. Um, and um, there was a low-lying fog they couldn't see in front of them, uh, and this and this this battle like just went on for 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 like three months, and it was um, uh, it was incredible. So that that was that was pretty much our, our most recent our most recent travel. So that was uh, through through this city of Bastogne and and uh, and Hurricane Forest. And if you're interested in, in learning more about it, uh, we we do have a three-part series available uh, on Roman RomanRequired.com. So feel free to check that out. Um, but in terms of upcoming travel, uh, so next month we are we are doing a road trip. So we um, we do love a good road trip. So what we're actually doing is we're flying into Riga in Latvia, and we're going to hire a car. And for ten days, we're going to drive through Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, and kind of drive around, see as much as we can, um, and, um, and and mark off some more some more countries. Um, Clint, you, you you actually might be interested in this. We there's an app called Bean B double E B double E N that uh, and you can just mark off the countries that you've been to. So we've 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 successfully hit about forty nine percent of Europe at the moment. Wow, <laughs> that's forty nine percent more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's still 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 plenty to see, and and in, in some places we we didn't really um, uh, get to sit, spend spend much time. But uh, the benefit of um, of living in London is is the fact that it's uh, it's a hub. It's it's just so central to the rest of Europe. And uh, one thing that we've loved doing is the ability to, to to take weekend trips. And it's it's really kind of cool, man. Because I mean, like you could be on a plane, mm-hmm. um, and you could fly for an hour and be in a whole new country with a whole new culture, history, language, people. Um, and there's there's just so much to see and so much to do. And uh, you know, so we, we've still got some time left here in. Uh, uh, here in London, so we're going to try to make the most out of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia uh, coming up next uh, next month. So I'm uh, really, really looking forward, really looking forward to that. And uh, I'd be really, really looking forward to hearing about it on the next month's hopefully show. <laughs> I was going to say, look, you know me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not shy of sharing. So you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll be um, um, swamped with with photos and images and uh, online stuff all, all, all over the place. So you know, I'm, I'm not one to, uh, to be shy. Now, throughout all of these uh, trips around Europe, one thing comes to mind. Have you yet been in a situation when you're on a train and you're going through the long tunnel and some dirtbag with a funny mustache tries to cop a feel? I.e. No, like Euro no. Trip, the movie. I was going to say, as, 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 I, as, as I pass through the train, I tend to go, Miscuzi, Miscuzi. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you so picked up on that. Very good. Because <laughs> otherwise I was going to have to start singing Scotty Doesn't Know. No, hey, look, you know, like Scotty does know, um, and it's uh, <laughs> um, it's 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 been really good. We um, it's it's really funny, man. Actually, we'll go. We'll um, 
because because of how much we love we, we love Eurotrip. One thing which is really funny, we'll we'll go somewhere, right? And um, we'll, we'll go past the pub, and we'll just we'll kind of look inside, and there will be like a whole bunch of guys that will that will all turn their heads when 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 they see Roma Roma walk in, and we'll kind of refer to it as that's that that that's a girl girl pub, <laughs> uh, which, which makes me um, uh, think of uh, think of Eurotrip. So it um, it's not exactly like Eurotrip, but uh, it does it does live with us, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Right, and have you come across Lucy Lawless yet? No, 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 no. With uh, uh, Club Vandersex. Um, <laughs> <That's the one. laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, we haven't. I have um, have been to Amsterdam. Um, have have taken a walk through through the red light district. It is it is unreal. And the the weirdest part, right? The weirdest part is that is the that is the tourist attraction. Like you'll walk through and you will see scores. Of, of of tour groups, you'll have like um, uh, you look around and there'll be like a whole bunch of nuns walking walk, walking through. You'll see like the Trafalgar tours with the uh, with everyone over, over over fifty all walking walking through there. Um, it, it's it's unreal. Like it is the the place the place to go. So um, it is it does it does feel like uh, you're stepping foot on another planet, man. It's um, Absolutely un- un- unreal, but uh, no, I-, I haven't. I haven't run into Lu- Lucy Lawless yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, very good. And I suppose everyone's just gotten an insight into just the way we think um, <laughs> with uh, inside jokes around <laughs> movies that we both uh, very much love. Alrighty. Well, um, I think we might have a little bit of a, a little bit of a chat about uh, tech. Uh, throw in a few things that. Uh, you know, have, has tickled our fancy over the, the last month. Um, you'll find out that Russ and I are big tech geeks, um, mobile and all things computer and whatnot. Um, my, Gotta love some tech. Gotta oh, love some tech. Absolutely, absolutely. So I suppose my biggest news at the moment is um, I just brought an Xbox One. And hey, nice. How is it? It's fantastic, man. Look, the decision to go with the X-Bone was one that I tossed around for quite some time. So I suppose I should prefix this by saying that I don't get a lot of gaming time at the moment and buying a next-gen machine was... Look, I toyed with the idea whether I do, whether I don't, and it was kind of a case of, well, look, I'll just sit with what I had, which was a PS3 for... Until I get to a point where there were just too many games that I wanted on the next-gen. Um, with a couple of kids and uni and whatnot, it's kind of hard to sit there and justify, you know, spending several hours on the, on the box, completing a game or whatever else. So I tend to go after games that are more, pick it up, give it a bash, turn it off, and you've just chilled out for a while. And the reason for going with the uh, Xbox One over, I suppose, the PlayStation 4 was just more of... I like some of the uh, side things that the uh, device can do, like being able to stream to a Windows PC. Um, I, as much of an Apple fanboy that I am, I am adamantly in love with my Surface Pro 3. So to be able to sit there and have the Xbox in one room and be able to just sit at my desk while I'm doing some work or whatever else and just go, eh, I might just quickly bash around the streets of uh, Los Santos or whatever else. Um, it's kind of nice. So you just, you know, you turn on the streaming and providing you're on the same network, it's 
almost as good as playing it on your TV. There's uh, very little lag. You can always adjust the uh, uh, graphic settings and uh, away you go. And look, I'm not a massive graphics whore. I'm not sitting there looking for the most visually stunning game. I mean, one of my all-time favorite games is always going to be Pac-Man. There's nothing visually stunning about that beast. But, you know, when I weighed up even the system specs and whatnot, there's bugger all in it at the end of the day i think i think if you get down to the core of it all xbox had a better processor i think but the ps4 had uh the better graphics card and i'm like yeah cool i know playstation 4 has just announced that they're going to have um streaming as well um the backwards compatibility um is certainly something that was quite interesting on um the xbox one uh, I have recently acquired a, or had acquired a 360, uh, picked up one like secondhand for 50 bucks. So I had a couple of games lying around, whereas the PS3, uh, whilst I got a few games, I thought, well, okay, this is cool. I could literally get rid of the um, 360, keep the games lying around and be able to use them. And then my PS3 could sit there and you know, keep the catalogue that it's got. So pretty impressed with that one. Um, But then another thing that's been impressing me on the gaming front is the Apple TV. So I've got the latest generation of Apple TV and, you know, it does what it's meant to do. Netflix and Hulu and all those other great streaming services. But being able to play games on it's also pretty cool. So, um, I mean, the games are not... um, you're not playing PS4 or Xbox One games. But the cool part is is that there are great games on there that I can sit there and play with my four-year-old son. Um, went out, pulled, picked up a controller, and, you know, we can sit there and bash around in, you know, like, what's that got now? Angry Birds Go. Um, if I do want to play something that's a little bit more hardcore, they do have uh, some games that are very... Uh, Oh, what would you call a Duty-esque? They've got like modern combat and that, and they play quite well um, for a bit of a, a shooter as well. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my tech update slash news slash, you know, hints and tips for uh, this month. What do you got, Russ? I, I, if I was just going to say, like the like the biggest thing I just learned there is that is that you are is that you don't consider yourself to be a graphics whore. Like I thought that was really important. I've um, you know I, I know you like your graphics, but it is important to note that you are not a graphics whore. Like that is um, that was really interesting. Thank you. Look, man. All I could say is there was a time when you know I hauled myself out over a fifty six k modem. I mean, sitting there and waiting for a boob shot after sitting there for an hour was. You know, I was happy just to go with that blurred version, so it was all good. <laughs> uh, things, thing, the things you learn. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, this isn't necessarily a family-friendly show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly getting that impression. Um, uh, okay, so my my tech update. Um, all right, well. Um, What's, what's my biggest tech update? So, uh, being the being the Samsung fanboy that I am, um, I had the opportunity. 
Yeah, what ifs, man, what ifs. Um, I've had the opportunity to play with the Galaxy S7 Edge, uh, which I think is phenomenal. Um, I was a big fan with my of my Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. Uh, I will absolutely be upgrading to the S7. Uh, the things that I love about the S7 um, is, is the fact that it, it has it has a curved curved back. Love the fact that the edge is 5.5 inch screen, so it's, it's a really good size. Once you start using a dual dual curved uh, display, it's phenomenal, right? Because everything looks more immersive. You pulled uh, directly into whatever you're looking at, uh, as a as opposed to looking at something within uh, within the screen. But the the thing that I, I dig more than anything else is the speed. This this phone, uh, hands down, is the uh, it's the fastest phone that I've ever had the opportunity to actually play with. So everything loads up faster, games load up faster. Um, just it's a it's a real nice uh, experience. Um, so my yeah my my biggest um, uh, update at the moment really just comes around having the opportunity to play with the S7, which is which is really cool. Um, in terms of um, in terms of um, what else is 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 going on? Um, I use my so again being the Samsung fanboy that I am, I am using my Gear S2. Uh, Gear S2, uh, I, I love it's it's actually you know my biggest issue is that I keep forgetting to charge it because the thing that I really dig about it is the fact that you can use um, I use the heart rate all the time. I've got it set for for every hour. And one thing I really like is is when I get up in the morning, I can actually have a look at what my sleep was um, over the night. So, like when I'm dreaming about you, I can see that my heart rate goes up high, you know. But then when I have a real deep sleep, you know, I can see that it uh, it, you are uh, it drops. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just sharing. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like so in, in so my time has really been spent with uh, playing with the S7. The camera's phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. 1.7 aperture. Uh, so it lets in lo- uh, lots more light. Um, yeah, which is really cool. Gear S2, um, I've, I've, I've been enjoying, um, but that's, that's really been, that's really been about it in terms of, um, in terms of tech. Nice, nice. I mean, look, it's a shame that it's only taken seven generations to catch up to the uh, awesomeness that is the iPhone, but you know, that's all right. So... <laughs> Come on down. Look, I'm, I'm 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 sorry. I don't have 17 grand to be able to buy my uh, buy my gold my, my my gold Apple iWatch. Where I've got to I've, I've got to pull out the little crown and 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 right. Who 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 names who names an update a complication? Like, let me just deal with my complication. All right. <laughs> Only complication I have at the moment is dealing with you, man. <laughs> I got nothing on that, man. You got me right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to wonder sometimes, like I said, my fanboyism is being tested, but anyway. (laughs) All right, so um, I suppose uh, this is the part of the show where we're just sort of opened it up now to just general banter and whatnot. Um, Look, when we were putting this show together, you know, we've we've sat down and looked at the show notes several times over in the lead up to sitting down and doing this and uh, attempted to do it on a number of... um, uh, times, so uh, look, we are sort of uh, just moving between our notes and back and forwards and deciding to throw in what's uh, current and what's not. But one thing that does never go old is coffee, um, and my my general banter slash also uh, hint of the month or tip of the month, I should say, is if you can get 
your hands, particularly if you are in Sydney or uh, any of the coastal regions of New South Wales, and get your hands on some holy goat coffee, please do so. Um, I got to experience this while I was up at Port Macquarie uh, over the New Year's. And we were actually venturing out to um, the little brewing company to go and sample some Wicked Elf beer and whatnot, and that was all very tasty. But trying to drink beer at like 10 o'clock in the morning without coffee prior to was a little bit harsh. So naturally, as soon as I walked out of that place, um, it was like, where's the nearest coffee shop? And across the road was a place called uh, Holy Goat coffee and I said to the wife I said well it's a sign and she goes I'll just get you a coffee um and we went across the road and what we found out was they weren't just a cafe uh they actually do their own coffee there so they're roasters and distributors and whatnot and that particular store was they had a small cafe there but it was more for when they do training and also um you know, organising distribution and the like there. So a lot of their uh, coffee is distributed from that particular outlet and they apparently roast in Blacktown. And uh, this coffee was beautiful. I mean, I generally judge coffee by, firstly, do I need to put a sugar in it? So if I'm having a short black and it's so bitter or taste of burnt that I've got to go and throw sugar in it, that's generally a sign that that's shit and I'm not touching it again. Um, if I'm drinking with milk and it doesn't hide some of the uh, imperfections and I generally have to reach for a bit of chocolate to make it a mocha, yeah, that's not good. Not a good start to our coffee relationship. This, uh, this uh, flat white that I had there was made, it had strength it was a bold taste without being too bitter i didn't have to put sugar into it and it had such a nice smooth uh just a really smooth taste to it and it also didn't have a really um i'm gonna say dirty aftertaste that you sometimes get with coffee you know where you're almost reaching for the chewing gum straight away it was just magic so um uh it's now become a do you have Sorry, do, do, do you have a set uh, type of coffee? Because um, it, just, it just sounds like you have everything. Yeah, I am. I'm eclectic when it comes to my coffee, Russ. <laughs> you can try to sugarcoat that all you want, mate. <laughs> now, look, it generally it depends on my mood. So if I'm sort of just out and about and I'm, I'm just drinking coffee for the sake of it, I tend to do it um, more a flat white nowadays. I know back in the day... Um, when we used to sit down and have coffees, there was more lattes. Uh, I've tended to gone with a flat white lately. I don't know why to change. I think just a little less milky. Um, sometimes, yeah. if I'm out with my mum, just because she's of that generation where, you know, if you've ever recall the old McDonald's ad where you, the guy just goes up to the counter and she rattles off all these types and she, he goes, I'll just have a coffee, thanks. That's my mum and dad. <laughs> so uh, they've got their heads around cappuccino. So sometimes I'll just, to make it easier if they're ordering, I'll just say, just get me a cappuccino, it's sweet. Um, if I'm not sure of a coffee shop, I will go a mocha because I tend to find that you can hide so many imperfections with a mocha and you kind of get the feel like you might see the beans that they're using and you're like, well, 
there's not much else going around here. Yeah, they'll do. Or I just don't trust the barista. He's too busy on his mobile phone. I might, uh, you know, I tend to think this is going to get burnt. Yep, Michael, thanks. But if I'm sort of where I really enjoy the coffee and, you know, I need that good kick in the guts, yeah, short black, long black if I need to make it last longer. Nice, 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 man. Long black, I tell you, right? I uh, I miss I miss uh, ordering a long black. Uh, uh, in the UK, nobody knows what a long black is. Uh, so it, it, it's uh, you always ask for uh, a black Americano. Ah, right, right. And, and do you know what the weirdest thing is, right? Like, I'll go order and I'll say, I'll get a black Americano, please. And then every time, without fail, after they make it, they'll say, do you want milk in that? It's like, well, what part of black Americano did you not get? I'll have a black Americano with milk oh, every time, every time. The really cool thing is you go to some places where you'll, you'll find like Aussie coffee shops or, or Kiwi coffee shops, and then uh, you'll, you'll actually see the term long black. Right. But man, that um, and I haven't ordered a long black in ages. That's actually pretty cool. I miss that. Mate, mate, what can I say? Down under, it's the way to be. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so you're recommending uh, Holy Goat Coffee, huh? Holy Goat Coffee, mate. So, yeah, I want to see it down here in uh, more places in Sydney. Um, look, it was even to the point for one of the things that has been a bit of a dream of mine, and it might happen one day, uh, is to do a coffee shop or whatever else. I mean, look, it sounds like it's everyone's dream to sort of just go and do a coffee shop and think that they're going to be able to live easy. It's hard work. I mean, running a small shop like that where there's uh, a very little profit margin and whatever else. Oh, my God. I sound like this is now an NBA podcast. And tonight, people, we are going to discuss margins and leverage and, yeah, whatever. Um, but just the idea of, you know, I really do love coffee, and I'm certainly not what I would call a coffee snob. I mean, I'm not sitting there talking about the, the hints and the tunes and all that it's good and I like it or it's shit and I didn't like it. And that's just as simple as it is. It's like me with my alcohol. If I'm drinking wine, I either enjoyed it and it was lovely and I'll have some more or a couple more bottles or it was paint thinner and you can go and pour that shit down the sink or use it as vinegar. I really don't mind. Um, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, but yeah, they're the sort of like, we even started talking to the guy there about, you know, he set up costs and whatever else because they do they organise machines and all that for you as well. They've got um, deals with uh, machine distributors and whatever else. And you know, for for a few minutes there, I was almost tempted to come back to Sydney and find the first uh, bit of open real estate and go nuts on it. And reality obviously hits, but um, yeah, I would certainly put them into my coffee shop. So yeah, well worth it, guys, if you can find a bit of holy goat. I will keep my eyes open in, uh, over here in London. So maybe I'll just uh, ask uh, ask somebody who's uh, who, who's coming for a bit of bit of a holiday to uh, to grab me some. Yeah, yeah, it might be the way to go. What's I don't know what the uh, what the laws are around sending it over there. Uh, I think I, I think it's all right, man. I, I, like coffee and stuff, I don't I don't think is a big issue. Yeah, might have to look into getting you some. Oh, you're a good man. Thank yeah. you, mate. We'll try and find it out for me between now and when I go up to uh, Port Macquarie again, which I think we're heading up that way uh, before August sometime. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So what do you got? Uh, anything interesting for the month or any big tips or anything like that? You mate? know what, man? 
Yeah, like I, I spent I spent some time trying to think about you know what can I uh, what can I talk about what can I uh, what can I use for for my tip of the month. But I guess the the biggest thing that um, that I've missed right is um, I don't know if you use the Waze app W A Z E. So it's, it's like have, Google yeah. Maps, but it's beautiful, right? Like I love I love Waze. Use it all the time. Uh, the biggest thing for me is is the fact that it's social. So the idea is, is is that it will always always try to identify the best the best route. So it's always changing, um, and it, it goes based on the speed of of, of other uh, ways users. And sure, you can you can look at traffic accidents and you can see where the police are and all all, all this sort of stuff. But the the one thing that I, I use it for is that. Um, if I use the car GPS, it, it's always going to say this is the most efficient way, regardless of, of the traffic. Mm-hmm. Whereas ways, uh, especially the, given the fact that I, you know, I'm always on the road, I'm always traveling, I'm I'm, I'm traveling for work, and you know, head office is like two and a half hours away. So finding uh, the the best way to go somewhere is is, is really important. So. Um, my, my tip of the month is that if you haven't used if you haven't used ways, definitely give it a shot. Um, if you are using Google Maps, you will see that there are uh, big updates where it will say this was taken from Waze or, hey, this, this route's better because, uh, because of the Waze app. But if you get a chance, uh, check out Waze, so W-A-Z-E. Uh, you can get that from, uh, uh, from the Play Store, from, um, from the App Store. Um, so go through, ha- have a look at it. Um, and that's, that's probably, probably my tip of, uh, tip of the month. Mate, do, you use, do you use Pocket? Mate, love Pocket, love Pocket. So um, to me, obviously doing uni, I'm constantly trawling the net for articles and whatever else, and I need a central location to um, pass them off to, and Pocket's just fantastic because it's cross-platform. I mean, it is on literally everything, and you can um, add the shortcuts and the plugins and whatever else to your browser. So it's phenomenal. Yeah, like I, I, I really dig it, right? So, 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 so if you haven't used it, the the idea of Pocket is that if if you're on your computer, if you're using Chrome Chrome browser, if you find something interesting, you just add uh, add that link into your Pocket. So, uh, Pocket's just, uh, just an extension that you can get on the Chrome browser. But then on your phone, uh, you install the Pocket app, and then you'll you'll have everything uh, there. So, if you want to share it on on um, through a particular social network, you, you have you have all of that uh, all of that ready to go. The reason I bring it up is one thing which is really cool is that I use I logged in because uh, uh, I was either uh, I was either using the tablet or I was, I was using another device, and I installed it and, and I shared it right, and then it came up with a thing saying thank you like thank you for being our friend right, right. and then I had a clip. And it was really cool because then you played it, and then the golden uh, uh, then the golden girls theme played. <laughs> and it, was, it was just like I totally didn't expect that. So Pocket was thanking me for being their friend, and 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 played the golden girls theme. And I just thought, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. Nice, nice. It's the finer touches. It's, it's, the, it's the little things. It's the little things, right? It I didn't is. expect it. Made me happy. Go figure. All right, guys. Well, I think that's where we might uh, start to uh, wrap this show up. Um, it's been a bit of a long show, but it's the first one, and Russ and I are still finding our way here in that. Um, so uh, just a Hello. bit of, oh, what I think we've been going for oh, what an hour and hour and ten. Can I really? Yeah, but yeah. Ho- it, it's been quick from our perspective. Hopefully, it was quick for the audience. Um, 
so guys, if you've noticed any sort of audio clipping or dip outs or whatever else, do apologize. Um, as I say at the very start of the show, we are using Skype to bring this podcast to you. I'm here in Sydney, Australia. Russ is over in London, UK. Um, internet connections and whatnot. I don't need to go into a tech spiel for you, but look, it is what it is. Um, we just love gas bagging and uh, we hope that you want to join us on this as well. Now, we do have a social presence if you want to carry on the conversation. Uh, Russ, what's our Twitter? Uh, Caffeine um, pod- Podcast. Actually, give me a sec. Sorry. It's a, it's a really good... <laughs> It's only just been set up. We're also uh, on Facebook as well, so just search for Caffeinated Discourse um, yes. on Facebook. Now, All right, so Twitter, Twitter, we are Caffeine Podcast, so C-A-F-F-E-I-N-E Podcast. Fantastic. So you'll probably find in most cases um, it'll end up working out that it'll be Russ who will probably be talking to you on Twitter and myself talking to you on Facebook. Uh, A couple of reasons for that. The first is whilst both Russ and I are massive Twitter fans, Russ fucking hates Facebook. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, but the flip side is is that I love Twitter. Come on, man. I love Twitter. Twitter is my my favorite, my favorite social network, right? I could talk Twitter all all day. It's the only place. Look, I'm sorry, man. You've got me started now, right? I'm going to wrap this thing up, but got me started now. So Twitter, right? I will talk all day. I love it. Uh, the reason I love it is because there's no other place you are going to get real-time information about anything, right? True. So Twitter, Twitter is absolutely amazing. So yes, you you will you will be talking to me on Twitter. Um, if you um, so that's caffeine um, caffeine podcast. Uh, if you want to talk to me uh, through through my uh, my Twitter account, uh, I am Russell of Earth, uh, which you, you can find me on on Twitter. So that's R U S E L L of Earth. Um, but let's talk on Twitter, shall we? Now, uh, oh yeah, yeah, and then, and then also Clint does Facebook, so yeah, you can talk yeah, to him so about for, that. For those of you who now don't get me wrong, I love Twitter as well, but partly the reason why I've taken up the mantle of looking after the Facebook account is I also look after the Facebook account for another podcast I'm a part of, which I'm going to give a shameless plug to, being the Voice of Chaos podcast. So I mentioned at the start of the show, I'm a headbanger. It's a monthly heavy metal podcast where. Uh, myself and what seems to be a growing team now, which is fantastic, um, sit there and talk all things metal for however long. And our focus is purely on local bands in Australia, but we do also uh, focus on some of the more underground bands overseas as well. So, um, yeah, uh, jump on to Facebook, uh, Caffeinated Discourse. Uh, you can also jump on to Voice of Chaos uh, podcast on Facebook if that interests you. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Clint Burtonshaw, B-R-T-N-S-H-A-W, because I can't be bothered changing to a fancy uh, name at the moment. Um and yeah, get in touch with us and have a bit of a yarn. It's uh, always nice to uh, talk to those who are listening to us. It's always nice to see the people actually listening to us. Um, we will try to bring you this podcast uh, monthly, but uh, as you can tell, Russ is on the road quite a bit, and um, the time difference alone makes it very difficult to line this up. But we will uh, certainly try to uh, bring it to you. Now, we will also work on uh, some other things to get the content to you throughout the 
month. Um, things like mini podcasts or even like little uh, from the road um, video clips and the like, which, you know, seems to be a bit of a trend now where, you know, with smartphones and how people are posting up reviews and uh, little clips and whatever else left, right and center. So those are all things that are in the pipeline to keep the conversation going, but we're not going to bother doing it if you're not listening and not interacting with us. So uh, please let us know that you have checked us out. Well, I think that brings uh, brings this pony show to an end. Russ, it's been great talking to you, mate. Been a pleasure, as per usual. And uh, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, looking forward to uh, talking to you next month. Thanks, guys. Cheers.